Amen. Our scripture this morning comes from Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 to 25. Hear now God's word. Therefore, my friends, since we have confidence to enter the sanctuary by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us approach with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who has promised is faithful. And let us consider how to provoke one another to love and good deeds, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Now, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Uh, would you pray with me? God, we thank you for your scripture that teaches us, that rebukes us, that corrects us, that shows us how to live in new ways when challenges come. God, we pray that you will open this scripture for us this morning, that you will speak a living word through it to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Parts of this scripture seem a little ironic for us this morning, I admit. It talks about coming into the sanctuary. It talks about not neglecting to meet together. As I reflected on this scripture and what it meant for us this week, I really felt like this scripture actually preaches itself. Like I could get up and just read it and say, Amen, have a benediction, and then close the service. But we're going to do a little bit more than that this morning. Now, we're going to walk through these verses together. I encourage you uh, in your living rooms, wherever you are, to pull out a Bible. We are going to have the words on the screen. But I would like to also encourage you to grab a pencil or a pen uh, and actually circle a few words as we go through these verses together. Uh, it's a short scripture. I'm going to give you a little bit of context for it. And then we're going to look at what it meant to the original audience as best we can. So right before these verses, uh, in Hebrews chapters 9 and 10, uh, we get a description of what it was like in the Old Covenant to come to God, to come and meet with God. And it's very different than what we experience today. And by today, I mean literally today, but also what we are used to in our lives at the beginning of chapter 9, we get this description of, of what it was like in the first covenant to come into uh, the temple. As I read this, the temple is going to pop up on your screen right about here. Uh, and I want you to look at this diagram as I'm reading from the very beginning of Hebrews chapter 9. Uh, and look for some of these places that you'll see. Now even the first covenant had regulations for worship and an earthly sanctuary. For a tent was constructed, the first one, in which were the lampstand, the table, and the bread of the presence. This is called the holy place. Behind the second curtain was a tent called the holy of holies. 
In it stood the golden altar of incense and the ark of the covenant overlaid on all sides with gold, in which there was a golden urn holding the manna and Aaron's rod that budded and the tablets of the covenant. Above it were the cherubim of glory overshadowing the mercy seat. Of these things we cannot speak in detail. And so you see this, uh, this diagram of the temple. And as you get closer and closer to the middle of the temple and closer to the mercy seat in the Holy of Holies, uh, people weren't actually allowed to go in there. They had to practice, practice extreme social distancing from the ark. It was dangerous to go near it. And so under the old covenant, uh, the, the holy place, the larger one in front of the holy of holies, uh, the priests would go in there uh, often and bring in the sacrifices of the people to atone for the sins of everyone, for the priests themselves and for others. And then once a year, the high priest alone could go into the holy of holies and enter into the presence of God. And it was a one-time-a-year thing, but it would happen every year year. Throughout the rest of Hebrews chapter 9, uh, the author of Hebrews, who we're not entirely sure who that is, uh, the author describes the change that takes place in how people come to God. And so under the old covenant, it was through the priest, it was through uh, specifically the high priest that could come into this holy of holies where the presence of God was. But Hebrews chapters 9 and the beginning of chapter 10 talk about the sacrifice that Christ made. This was a sacrifice that replaced all of the sacrifices that were going on continuously. And then describes Jesus as the high priest who goes into the Holy of Holies and brings his own sacrifice of his body, calling him the high priest. And this completely changes how people then relate to God and can come into God's presence. So the author of Hebrews is, is uh, describing all of this. And then the scripture that we read in verses 19 through 25 is a climax of this section and begins with the word therefore. So in light of everything he has just said about the way people used to come in contact with God and what Christ has done on our behalf, therefore... Here's why all of that matters to us, is what he's saying to his audience. And so the words I want you to, to, to circle in your Bibles, if you've got them, uh, I'll have in bold on the screen. We get, we get two uh, repetitions of the word in English, since. Since something has happened. So there are two truths that this author is going to talk about. Uh, and he points to both of them with the, with the word since. So the first one is this. Since we have confidence to enter the sanctuary by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain. The curtain was what separated the Holy of Holies from the outer holy place. And Jesus has made a new way to enter into that Holy of Holies. Since that is true... He's going to urge the readers of Hebrews to do something in just a minute. And we'll get to that in just a second. But what I want to say about this part is 
the new way that Jesus has made for us to enter into the sanctuary is not by coming into doors, by coming into a place where we sit in pews, by singing songs together. That's all good stuff. That all helps us worship and come in contact with God. But that's, that's not the new way that Jesus made. The new way is a direct line to God. It's a direct contact that each believer has. And so in a time when we can't physically come into this place, we need a reminder that Jesus has made a new way for us to be in God's presence. And even if we can't do it here, you can do it in your living rooms. You can do it wherever you are watching this. You can do it in your pajamas where you are right now. Some of you, I'm sure. You have a new and living way because that curtain has been removed. You have direct access to God. So the author of Hebrews wants to just declare this as a truth. So he's saying, since this is true. All right, and then he has a second truth he wants to talk about. He says, and since we have a great priest over the house of God. Remember, he's just described the, the old way of doing things with priests that had to come and, and make the sacrifice on your behalf, on behalf of the people. But now we have a new great priest, a new high priest, and it's Jesus himself. And the author of, of, of this letter uh, is going to have three things he's going to urge his readers to do. But they all hinge on those two truths. Since we can enter into the presence of God, and since we have a high priest over the house of God. And each of these things are marked with the, the phrase in English, let us. It's one word in the Greek, but here it's, it's going to be two words. So I encourage you to circle all of those. Circle the word since, and now circle the three times you'll see let us. If you're using a different translation, you might not see those exact words. But the first one says this in verse 22. Let us approach with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Two things are going on here. First, let us approach. Let us, in the NIV, it says, let us draw near to God. Let us draw near to him. Right now, in a time when you can't draw near to other people, there is someone you can draw near to. This is a time when we can draw near to God. And we can do that in full assurance of faith. Because our hearts have been sprinkled clean. And our bodies are washed with pure water. And this is what Jesus has done for us. Let us approach God. Let us draw near to God. And then in verse 23, we get the second thing that the author is urging his people to do. He says, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who has promised is faithful. I'm not sure I've ever experienced a time when it's been more important for the people of God to hold fast to the confession of our hope. 
at a time when other people are losing hope in everything they thought they could trust, everything they thought they could stand on, the people of God can hold fast to a confession of hope. Why? Because our hope is not built on us. Our hope is not built on human things. Look who our hope is built on. We're holding fast to the confession of hope without wavering. For he who has promised is faithful. The God who has promised his love to us, the God who has promised to be with us and to be for us, is faithful. And so in the midst of these storms going on all around us, in the midst of this virus that makes us stay six feet apart, that's endangering the most vulnerable people in our society, we can hold fast to a confession of hope because God is faithful. And then the third thing that this author encourages his hearers to do, he says in verse 24, let us consider how to provoke one another. We try not to pause there. Uh, Siblings that are watching this, this is not just egging each other on. Consider how we can provoke one another to love and good deeds. What an important time for us to consider how we can be encouraging each other to show love and good deeds. We have uh, people in our church who have reached out to us, to, to Pastor Greg and I, uh, to say, hey, let us know if there's a need. Let us know if there's someone in our congregation who is vulnerable to this virus, who doesn't need to, to be out going to the grocery stores or picking up medications. Uh, we'll do that for them. So if you are one of those people, if you are one of the more vulnerable to this virus, we have people who are provoking each other to love and good deeds. Let us know how we can be doing that for you. And then here's perhaps the most ironic part of this verse this morning. I was tempted to cut off our scripture reading at verse 24 in the middle of a sentence, but I didn't. Verse 25. Not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Let us not neglect to meet together. Now is a time when we need to be creative about how we can do that. We're trying to do that on Sunday mornings, but in the coming weeks, I hope we're actually trying to figure out how we can do that with our Christian journey groups for any accountability groups that are meeting, we need to be connected still. I I don't believe that the author of this verse uh, had in mind anything that had to do with social media or live streaming or anything like that. But the author knew it was important for the people of God to find a way to be together. So we need to be creative in continuing to do that. Michelle and I this week uh, got creative uh, twice. We played board games with, uh, with friends and family members over FaceTime. <laughs> we both set up the board in our separate houses and uh, turned on our phones and live streamed each other and played a game together. We can be doing stuff like that with our Christian journey groups. If you need help figuring out how to do that, please call me. Please reach out to me and I will help you figure out how to do that. Do not neglect to meet together. 
find a way to do that creatively. And I'll say this finally. Those three things that, that the author of Hebrews urged the people to do were all conditioned on two truths. And guess what? Both of those things are still true today. Jesus has still made a way for us to come in contact with God. And he is still our high priest. So let us draw near to God. Let us confess our hope. And let us provoke one another to love and good deeds. Would you pray with me? God, this is a strange time in the life of our, our church, in the life of our nation, and in the life of our world. God, we pray that somehow through all of this, somehow through all of this, people will be turned to you. That in the midst of the failing of all other things that people put their trust in, there will be those that find that you are faithful, that turn to you, that lean on you. Holy Spirit, come and guide us in these times. Use us, provoke us to good deeds of love to one another. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to sing uh, one more song together. We're going to sing, O Come to the Altar. Uh, encourage you uh, to reflect on uh, drawing near to God. This idea of coming to the altar is an idea of drawing near to God. Let's sing together.